Welcome to the grant, the EU funding podcast. My name is Nils Tudervinter and I am the creator, editor and host of the grant. My timeline series is going through the proposal process step by step, giving tips, tricks and advice on the Horizon Europe proposal preparation process. I have reached to the actual proposal writing and now it's time to dig into the impact section and more precisely, the second part of the episode on chapter 2.2, measures to maximize impact. This is where you describe how you will spread your results, communicate to different segments about your great project and exploit the results for the benefit of your organization, the sector and society. I have written some impact sections myself, but to make sure I get critical mass in these crucial episodes, I have invited director of Europa Media, Gabriela Lovash on board, sharing her career-long experience working with exactly this for clients, communication, dissemination and exploitation, both in writing proposals and implementing. Further, Europa Media is one of the leading providers of trainings and courses on EU R&D funding. In this second episode, we reflect and discuss how to best structure the input for the section when putting pen to paper and how to get the best out of the partners that often find it hard to deal with this specific but crucial chapter. Please enjoy. Welcome to the grant, the EU funded podcast. And I'm not going to have a long introduction here. This is the part two of uh, my talk with Gabriel Lovash um, on impact chapter 2.2 measures to maximize impact. In the part one, we outlined or discussed or presented to you uh, the template, uh, went through the template and the different concepts and discourses and and uh, and words you have in there and how to how to deal with what the commission or not deal with it because that's what we're going to talk about now but what the commission means and the whole idea behind the template so trying to explain that now we will have an episode where we will give our take on how to structure it and maybe just for the sake of it if you listen to part one you have heard Gabrielle presenting herself, but maybe, maybe just short Gabrielle for the for the dear listeners. <laughs> of course, hello everyone. I'm Gabrielle Olavas, working for Europe Media. Europe Media is part of Europe Media Journal Group. We have been dealing with the EU project since 1999. Uh, Europe Media is writing its own proposals, managing its own projects, but also supporting a lot of other organizations through training courses and consultancy activities to be more successful in their EU funds, especially in Horizon Europe nowadays. Thanks for this. If you want a more, de- if you want a more detailed uh, introduction, go to the part one uh, where we, where I, I asked a little bit more into to the company and Gabrielle explained a little bit more in detail we also explained there how we know each other and so and so so that's if you haven't listened to it this is a teaser go back and listen to that <laughs> um gabriel uh, let's just head on with with this because now we go into the practicalities of actually riding up against what the commission wants so to say what the commission is, is uh, trying to tell us to do so we um I've structured this episode very basic. We will go through the different sections, the three different sections, uh, dissemination, communication, exploitation section, the, the strategy section and the summary table. And before that, we'll just have a talk about how to prepare for collecting the, the, the input from the partners. And then we will have a short talk about the connection with the work package description uh, before we have the, the, the outro on the toughest challenge. Just as a fly-in, how many how many Horizon Europe proposals have you been involved in in writing, Gabriel? Mm, well, honestly, I haven't counted, but um, <laughs> Europa Media was successful in three. Congratulations! So we won three, but of course we did lose also. Yes, we all did. And then, as a consultant, I've been pre-evaluating some of those, and also helped here and there bits and pieces. <laughs> So I saw quite a few, indeed, and also, yeah, 
I helped a lot with the dissemination, exploitation, communication strategy, and how exactly to fill in the canvas. Because, yeah, it's, that's, I mean, you need some experience and some expertise back. So maybe that's the first thing. You definitely need to select a partner who knows how to, how to put this together. Yeah. And what I, yes, good. And I know, and I can, Probably I already now feel a little sorry that I never invited you in as a dissemination, communication, exploitation <laughs> partner in the process. Indeed, I yeah, I should, I should get a friend like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, what I always tried to do uh, in the proposal I did was to have someone who really, really understood how to do this. The thing is, Piano that I used to work for, they are doing it. <laughs> so it was sometimes I've. I was sort of of selling ourselves to get in there. It was part of our f- uh, business model to to be part of the proposals and and be there with the partners, and we would then often deal with the especially the exploitation part. Uh, but but personally, uh, I always liked uh, if I could to put someone else in there that knew a little bit more about it than me personally in the proposal preparation process. Also to making sure that it would be a little solid, more solid afterwards. Um, let's let's just shortly have a talk about how to prepare yourself uh, for input from partners because that's a that's sort of a that's now we're moving into practicalities and I have in this timeline series I've given quite detailed building up towards the writing process so I actually have a whole episode. Uh, focused only on how to prepare yourself for the writing process. Let me ask you, how do you prepare yourself and in relation to input from partners and so on? What do you do when you start this process of, of, of writing? How do you prepare yourself? Well, um, the first thing we ask from the partners is to have really good detailed concept at least. So you need to understand what's behind what is the purpose, and you need to understand what kind of major results will be coming out from this particular project. So that's kind of a starting point for us to be able to do some research. Because the first important thing is indeed to do some research activities. And I've been into proposals which have done that really carefully, and they were even organizing some workshops and some calls with key stakeholders to really understand what is that they need, what is that they want, what is that they will be happy to see in the project implementation, and what would make them motivated to, to be actively participating in the project activities as a, an external stakeholder. So not as a project partner, but as an external stakeholder. So definitely, the desk research is the first part of the process, but only after we understand what's going to happen in the project in the first place. So when that is done, then you can... Based on the research, you can understand much better what would be the needs of the target groups and the stakeholders, what exactly is then important within the user assessment process. So in the sense, who will be exactly the target users and how they will use all of those results. If you have that, that's a really good basis already to start to put together the strategy. The strategy starts with the key exploitable results. And... Maybe there's a misunderstanding what exactly is a key exploitable result and what exactly is a deliverable. So definitely you need to differentiate between the two. So indeed, you can start with your list of deliverables. It's not a major problem, of course. But really the key exploitable results would be those which have a potential to generate benefits to the target groups, to the geographical region, to the industrial sector, to the scientific field or technological field and then of course generate benefits mm-hmm. through the use of those results so that's the list so in your preparation when you work with with the technology partners the, the content partners so to say do you do workshops with them in this part of the process definitely in the very beginning there is an important conversation going on in order for us to understand what exactly the research needs to be about to be done first and what kind of results we need to imagine with what kind of users, for example. Yeah. And only then we can start to put together some kind of a draft strategy. And that draft strategy, of course, 
will consist of a lot of tables, so to say, that we will distribute to the partners and ask them a lot of questions regarding, of course, what to fill in in that particular table. Uh, it does. It's not a short. It's not a. It's not a long story. It's a short table. It's an easily understandable one. But normally, the easiest is to fill that in through a conversation with all of the partners. They will be easily putting in the input. So, for example, if you work, oh, now they do work online, right? So, if you use um, a middle wall, for example, where everyone could be typing in uh, into the table or use something else that is much more interactive than the usual me typing while the others are checking, you know, what I'm typing. Of course, um, anything is useful, anything is helpful until the partners understand what they need to provide as an input. And of course, they, they are still active within, within the workshop and they do that. Now, that's normally a workshop that not everyone is having time for, mm-hmm. which is not good. So that's maybe tip number two, try to allocate the time to talk to the partners because then you will have a lot in an easier way all of that input. If we send out this template, maybe half of them fill in, maybe half of them not, yeah, maybe yeah, don't yeah. really understand what to fill in. So yeah. it's a tough process then afterwards, of course, to try to get all of the other information and input properly done. Because if if the partners are not really taking care of this part, then the lack of commitment will be visible in the 2.2 section also, which is not good. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, this is a, a nice approach. It's a little bit similar to how my colleagues been doing it uh, and what I've seen been doing. This, this the idea that that everybody at least gets gets the chance because that doesn't mean that they still understand it even though they get it yeah but at least that you make the effort in the beginning to explain the the concepts of what the word means what is understood with it and what they did it what it means to fill in a key exploitable result what is it what is it what is meant by it and 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 have an open talk about who is it that actually needs to fill in something related to that so everybody has a clear idea of who should deliver what that's it sounds easier than it's, it's easier said than done <laughs> especially i mean definitely yes especially all of these tables it's not not exactly clear of course then you know <laughs> no um it's just yeah it, it's getting a lot easier if you if you explain the linkages yeah, I think it's the first rounds of Horizon Europe. It was it was a it was a double, double challenge because even us consultants were not always fully 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 understood uh, what was actually meant. People were fumbling a little bit around, so, even though they watched the different <laughs> webinars from the Commission and so on. It's it's uh, there was a general feeling in the environment where I was that. Sometimes you would walk a little bit on thin ice, not really know if it was correct the way that the, the concepts, that newly introduced concepts, how to how to present it, you know. Um, yeah. This episode uh, will try to make it uh, quite tangible on how to attack it. We cannot, uh, these episodes, we cannot write them for you. That's not the point. The point is that you get some tips and tricks on how to attack it and how to get the input how to have the critical mass when you start to work your your way down the 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 the, the pages, and how to limit yourself. I think we should this we should, should a little bit try to how how did we limit how did I limit how how do you limit the spacing because it's it is an issue, yeah. Yes, it's a very tough issue sure. to to it's it's it goes for the full proposal because everybody thinks oh the excellence is short now we can't really describe the technology as we normally did. Uh, implementation. Ah, we can't describe all these things that we normally can. So to, how to deal with that? No. No, that's exactly the case because all of these tables and all of the discussions afterwards will have to be put in by someone within one and a half page, and that's kind of it <laughs> yeah. that you have for the strategy. While you have been talking a lot with everyone about all of those things, so it was actually yeah, that's a challenge. It was actually one of my uh, jobs. With the four proposals I was uh, running in parallel, I was the one that went in with some of them to reduce pages <laughs> different places. Uh, no. 
let's uh, grab the first section dissemination communication and exploitation activities um i took a look at at the again the proposal that i my only real reference uh, in horizon europe because that was the one i did so that's the one that is most solid for me to um, to uh, to refer to but maybe maybe so always let let the guest start let tell me how do you divide in the chapters the sub the sub chapters under um, dissemination communication and exploitation activities first we explain the strategy so what's behind we explain who will be, you know, the key target groups and what kind of results we want to introduce to them and what will be the timeline behind. So strategy, you know, normally, of course, you have to have the word out, so to say, so you raise awareness. Then, of course, you start putting together results and then you try to have a focused and much more targeted, of course, uh, awareness raising activity also, but at the same time, you are have to engage also many different actors into the implementation of the project. Mm -hmm. So there's awareness raising, there's engagement, and afterwards, of course, there's a specific targeted, uh, of course, focused dissemination activity mm -hmm. and also communication activity. And then, hopefully, all of those who need to be activated will be becoming actually very actively part of the implementation. You will do co-creation activity with them. Mm -hmm. And that will, of course, be kind of a final phase also when after the end of the project that co-creation you're trying to make sustainable so you still of course try to keep up the interest and through the use of the results you will try to of course sustain some of the dissemination and communication and exploitation activities and then depending on of course what project we talk about these phases can be explained separately if you really can separate them within with a specific purpose, of course, within the project, or rather you will just explain more from the result perspective. Mm -hmm. So that result is interesting for this target group and that target group. This is why it is interesting for them. And this is then how we want to reach out to them to introduce that, this result. And then basically you will also explain more or less, you know, what is the benefit on them. It's, it's not that easy because it's part of the 2.1 section, but still, of course, you have to somehow, you know, close down the section itself. Yeah. You know, how the key exploited results will be then important for this or that or that target group. And because of that, we will be using these and these channels and tools, these messages within more or less this phase of the project implementation. And that's, of course, could be a lot of information. So you have to very nicely structure that. So it's easy to read for the evaluators. You start with the overall strategy and afterwards you go into details. And normally the details would come in a form of a table. Yeah. One for dissemination, then result by result for the exploitation and the IPR issues. And then afterwards there is also probably a communication part. Or maybe the communication come earlier or later. This really depends. Sometimes I use the strategy to start with exploitation in terms of the details and oh, the specific okay. and focused information. And afterwards I do with dissemination communication because of the specific character of the project. It makes more sense to start with the exploitation because it easily introduces the dissemination and communication tools and channels we selected. Good. So this is guys out there, everybody, uh, especially the experienced ones of you, the consultants and so on that has been writing proposals for years. These are good things to keep in mind to to sometimes depending on on the the kind of project you're dealing with if the exploitation is in the high seat so to say then maybe you want to turn that upside down uh, because i can tell you uh, i have always put dissemination communication in the beginning and role and in in a, because in a consultancy company gabriel you tend to uh, copy paste uh, winning proposals and then you massage exactly what we talked about in, in the first uh, part of, of this impact, the 2.2 uh, episode that there's a tendency to because it's it, it seems to be copy pasteable so to say, so people do it it's an easy way for a consultant to get a quick 
uh, sort of backbone blueprint in on in a proposal to take some and then change all the <laughs> wording from other proposals and so on. But it's very dangerous, actually. You really need to do it properly. You you need to massage it through. You can the structure, you can copy paste. But but if what you have just said about understanding the the partners, understanding what they want to do, and then avoid. Try to think out of the box when you try to avoid thinking in a formal structure. Try to to take to make it uh, mirror what the content partners want to do uh, i think it's it's an important tip now um, you mentioned tables <laughs> those are if i look at the section i have here it's section tables are one of the ways to or strategies writing strategies to get a lot of text crammed in to lit space yeah uh, it is kind of true, yes, uh, but sometimes explaining indicators, it's a lot easier to do that in a table. Uh -huh. And especially also if you want to repeat yourself, because maybe one result, one target group, but another result of the target group, you may use the same uh -huh. channels and tools, uh -huh. then it's kind of also... Yeah, you, you have to you have to make sure that the table also makes sense. I mean, I saw proposals where the target group basically were the same startups and SMEs and the entrepreneurial community, and then it didn't make sense at all to include the target group into the table. That's what I'm example. looking at here. When I look at the table I have on uh, communication dissemination activities and instrument, target groups all, 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 COP all. <laughs> That's it. You uh, you you have to you have to use common sense, and also that is why it is never a good idea to do a copy paste. Not even with tables. You know what what is what is that you put into the table in the first place? So you always have to give new information to the evaluators, because the evaluators will of course want to see the standard things, but they definitely will look into and. Evaluate favorable with those that are coming up with something extra that the other proposals don't have. And that could be a really interesting dissemination ID, or it could be a really interesting maybe actually going out to the public, as you said, communication action, and do a roadshow within local communities and try to get to the bottom of the, of the problem with the people and so on. So something has to be there that is not really there in the other projects in the previous ones or in the same ones, of course, that are evaluated under the same call, which is really not that easy. Yeah, yeah. and it's, um, I think uh, I had a point of view. Again, it comes if it's important. <laughs> yeah, maybe the indicators. Oh, yeah, what I wanted indeed... to say is that it, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can take a structure, but it, on the copy-paste part, it's okay if you, if you, as a proposal writer, have found a good, uh, a good method of attacking Horizon Europe. Say, yeah, you have a winner, or a couple of winners, but never, never fall back on it. Always, you know, like always be vibrant about how to structure the section, because there, you, of course, it's, there's a template, and you have to, you have these elements you need to have in there. So it's, um, of course, the more experience you get with a specific template for a specific horizon call set. That's okay, but but don't let it, don't sleep on the laurels. I think that's my point, because the commission sees through it, and that's exactly what they one of the things that they wanted to attack with with the with Horizon Europe and the way that they did the template. They are tired of the copy paste. So yeah, does it make sense what I say? Yes, no, definitely for sure. And also, do, yeah, we, we, we tend to promise the same targets, but they don't make sense in one project uh, compared to another one. So, yes, we, we have to be careful a little bit. Ooh, that was raining here. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's, been, it's been very sunny weather for a long time. It's just surprised. No, uh, sorry for the, <laughs> for the disruption. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um... As for the dissemination communication exploitation activity chapter, 
so target groups, dissemination, communication activities, exploitation activities, you covered that very well, thank you so much. Clustering activities with other projects and initiatives. Yes, collaboration they, is key. They you had have to specifically plan that within the work package. Yeah, and they, they, in Horizon 2020, sometimes it was in the context, if you correct me if I'm wrong, it was not everywhere. Now, especially where there were two or three projects funded and they knew that they wanted to have a joint uh, action also in between the three projects. Ah, yes. Actually, I think it was in the template that you need to explain the connection with former funded projects. Ah, that's a different thing because that's under part of the excellence and that's a different way. That's also kind of an expectation because you will use the key results of those projects. Ah. Of course, and you are not building up from scratch something that already exists or will use, uh, of course, what is out there. Uh, but it's another thing how you collaborate with the running projects that are out there and how to find the synergies also in between science and technology with them. Ah, now I think I get confused. You know what? It's because in the, the, in the um, uh, Green Deal calls, those huge... Horizon twenty, the last, the the Horizon twenty twenty going out with with a big big blow, big big blast, the the Green Deal calls. There they introduced it, so it's it was in the last there that they sort of started to rehearse for Horizon Europe the things that they have been discussing already in the program committees and the commission, so to introduce sort of some of these elements that they would put into Horizon Europe. That's why I remember no. Again, sorry for the distraction. Now, so let's just... So, clustering activities with other projects and activities. It has become an independent point that you need to address. You need to explain how you're going to connect with other things funded by the Commission. Yeah. Yes, but that is not a really new element within Horizon Europe. It is also in Horizon 2020. I mean, definitely also this is something maybe that we we forget that we are not in a small bubble. We we have to use the full community yeah. and its power and the synergies. And maybe that is why also why the the ecosystem perspective was introduced by the commission. So everyone would need to understand that they need to map, of course, their own innovation ecosystem and then try to build on it and try to connect with others. That is of course a really important point also within the 2.2 because it shows your potential, mm-hmm. but also it is important when you introduce, of course, your consortium in the very end of the proposal and how that innovation potential can be met. Yeah. And really that capacity that you have with all of these connections and networks and umbrella organizations and associations and God knows what else, all of the different projects that the organizations are implementing. And of course, how the, the innovations can be really translated into something super useful for the target groups. So it is, of course, part of the 2.2, but maybe it's not called exactly as that, that thinking ecosystem perspective. But yes, building building on something that is out there, finding the synergies and work towards the same goal together, yes, that's definitely important. Before we move on to the next section, I want to talk to you a little bit about the instruments the the t- so basically the table filling so to say so under dissemination communication norm often you would have a table with the different instruments and you would put in a little bit uh, f- a few details on what kind of so you for may pro- maybe have newsletter and then describe a newsletter with updates blah 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 promotional video visual identity and so on now these are for that part, that's quite standard. Do you how what do you do with that? Because for for how I've been working with these things is to go through old proposals, take sort of and then share with the partners, make a, a, a suggestion to them of what to put, and then I would myself often sit and 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 put, for instance, the website or or the target value. You understand how many videos. How often should a newsletter be there? Um, um, how, how, do, how do you work with that table? Well, um, also through the proposals that I've been pre-evaluating, I saw many of these tables, and most of those were indeed 
kind of a standard thing. So what is the dissemination tool? Then what are the target audiences? What is the KPI? What is the means of verification? Yeah. So you kind of have the measure, then the KPI, and then you know what exactly will be then the tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes it is much more useful to go from the results perspective and then go towards the different audiences and then the different tools and so on. Or sometimes it is much more useful to go from the perspective of the audience. So scientific community, what kind of results they will be interested in, specifically how they want to reach out to them, and is there any specific target that we want to have with the with the scientific community? Sometimes this is an easier logic this is an excellent, than, excellent, than with the others. Excellent tip. Really. It seems logic to do this, but I haven't seen this before. But it's, of course, it makes so much sense. Especially now that the Commission is asking for an explanation why this is the best way to reach out to that particular target group. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a space in the proposal, in many cases you don't have the explanation why do you have these target groups, why they will be the end users, Mm -hmm. then sometimes it kind of falls all in together if you have it in the 2.2. Excellent. Thanks. This is good. Thanks, Kevin. And let's, uh, let's, let's, at this, while we're at it, because this, uh, and then what I'm trying to do also with, with this little section we talk about now is to collect data from the partners and these different things. So would you, in the, uh, in the work package group of partners that that has sits with dissemination, communication, exploitation, would you run through this table and get the input from them, or would you discuss it in a in a online uh, common meeting with the different things to fill in, or how would you do that? Would you ask them to send it back in the group, or how? Well, my consortia don't really like me because I normally share a lot of things that they have to <laughs> give input <laughs> into, so I have. One specific table that is about dissemination and communication, mm. and that specifically refers to you know channels and tools and metrics and so on. And here, I normally help them actually and try to to rather ask about their outreach capacity and their capacity to do specific things. Would it be a workshop organization? Would it be a conference attendance? Would it be a specific scientific publication here and there? And then I ask about the journal, I ask about the conference, I ask about this and that. So for them, I I more give a selection of the things that they could be doing and they give me kind of the contribution that they could take on board because of course dissemination communication is not my task as a dissemination package leader but it's everyone's mm-hmm. so of course there will be quite a few partners who will be specifically contributing to this and that so i i asked about specific details regarding you know the metrics that they are part of scientific journals that they are in the editorial board of i asked about scientific conference they will be definitely attending in the next two years and that may have a relevance with this project and so on and so on. So these kind of things to ask from them very specific questions. I normally give them uh, an explanation on why I'm asking these things. So what do I want to do with that information and in which part of the proposal we are planning to integrate the answers? Because of course it's not only 2.2, but when you are filling in your partner profile, which is also very much different from what we what we used to have in Horizon 2020, but still the information has to be there in terms of, as I said, this innovation ecosystem, as of the outreach capacity. Mm-hmm. I sometimes even ask them how many followers they have on social media, but actually this is normally something that I anyway double check when I when I do this section. So these could be kind of interesting, important things, how many subscribers they have on the newsletter, you know, that that is also kind of an important uh, consideration. Then there is a separate part that is about intellectual property specifically. So they need to fill in also kind of a table which they give information regarding the background that they think is needed for the project implementation and they will... uh, make it available for the other partners to work with. There is a section on, okay, what do you think, what kind of results you will be contributing to? 
and you may be potentially then become a joint owner of because that's an interesting section. Sometimes there is a, a confusion if you are working on something, will you be also becoming a joint owner? Or what is the result of their interest? There is, in many cases, a specific interest from the partners in something that the other partners put together and they develop, but it is important for them to be integrated into their everyday business and research activities. So they would like to definitely have open access to that and they would like to use it free of charge, of course, after the end of the project. So I'm giving them examples, you know, what is internal use, what is external use, what are the expectation rules, what kind of information they should be giving me on uh, advancement of knowledge, what is advancement of knowledge in the first place, how you can do that, which training course, which scientific activity, which master program, which whatever. So all of these kind of things I'm, I'm asking from them regarding IPR and exploitation as well. In order to understand really who will be the owners, is there a joint ownership, should we discuss protection measures, should we discuss specific exploitation options, and then is there a conflict of interest in between open access, open science issues, and then keeping our mouth shut until everything is protected, and only afterwards I put that on the market for a lot of money type of thing, because of course uh, there is a need for good understanding on the policies of the organizations. Many research organizations would say that I'm not participating in the project where EU money is spent to generate profit for a company. So a lot of questions for sure, quite a few tables, and afterwards I use a lot of the information in a coherent way to put that into a logical kind of order. I show that to all of the partners, I discuss it with them, and then if they approve, then it goes What I'm curious about, and this is because this is information for for um, for you proposal writers so we're trying to to help you guys a little bit here so i'm trying to suck a little bit from gabriella how she is uh, organizing her work on this so when you run into troubles because you do always we always do when we collect information from partners how do you what strategy do you have so to say a psychological strategy or practical strategy to to get the information out of them I, I explain them the, the commitment that they have to invest into. And if it's not well invested now in the proposal writing phase, then what kind of troubles we can run into when the project is implemented? So that's one kind of a psychological threatening that if we don't do this right, then we will have major issues when we implement the project. The commission is not interested in all of the details that I get out from the partners. But definitely it is important for us to be on the same page on many interesting issues, of course. It's not just intellectual property, but also other matters in order to write a proposal that shows that we understand all of these details. And the evaluators will see it right away from the consistent um, actually information. That what I found particularly difficult was to get from the technology partners the expected results to sque- now really squeeze squeeze out of them ipr related right. uh, technologies that they that would need to come in here it, that was poo, stressful like everything because it, it, they didn't reply uh, and it was in the end phase of the proposal that you need to have you need to, you know it, it's uh, and no matter how how I kick them over the shin bones to to realize, I did get so I have a table. I'm looking at it here. It's uh, I think we have ten uh, expected. So. Yeah, but then you invest so much time and effort into a proposal that is not yeah, yeah. winning because there's no clear picture on what's going to happen with the technology after the end of the very frustrating part of the process as a proposed and that's for any one of you now i'm talking to you that has not done this so much before it's you this is unfortunately something you have to expect you have to try to make strategies in relation to getting information from the partners um that that's how to kind of catch them squeeze them to 
to make sure that something comes. I remember one of my uh, old managers. He he for the work package descriptions. He would always say, "But if you do, if you don't write it, I will write it. So I will decide what you will do the next four years." And no, norm, normally that got them out of of uh, <laughs> of of, <laughs> of, uh, of the hiding places. Um, no, I have projects where I surprise the partners throughout implementation that they actually have to do it. <laughs> They didn't think that they could, they should be the ones doing it. And I said, you know, right, uh, read, read the grant agreement. That was actually yeah, and I can also find the emails where I asked. It says that yes, you, <laughs> you slobs. <laughs> <laughs> nah, what what you have to understand, especially the ones of you who are professional consultants that 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 write for as a business for for partners, but also maybe actually everybody is that. That writes what you deal with is people who are busy with so many other things. <laughs> That's the facts. We are people. They they commit themselves to joining, but some of them are definitely more committed than others, and they don't really realize what they go into when they join something like this. They might even have been pushed or dragged in by another partner that's already in. And then when they realize they have to give some information like this that they don't really know how to get their head around, then this is where it gets tricky. And that's the psychology in the group. You know, that's just what you have to understand as a proposer writer that you have people from all kinds of different colors and sorts and uh, and uh, areas and so on. And they, they it's, it's a diverse group. By definition, that you need to deal with, um, so culturally also. No, that was just a, a, it's something that I wanted to make sure that we talked a little bit about. We probably touch it also when we, uh, but now we, yeah, not touched. <laughs> that was important for me <laughs> to have it in. Strategy, the strategy section. Uh, <laughs> let's just close. so I think we covered that. Uh, the the first section. The strategy section, uh, innovation and knowledge management and protection. From a writing point of view, how do you attack that? So how do you structure the section? Um, that's, that's more or less actually the, um, the table where the European Commission is sharing with us in the sense that they have the result ownership list now and they also have a table which is called results um, within the reporting. So my strategy as a tip, you know, to use would be these two tables and try to discuss with the partners the content of these two tables that we need to report on afterwards and then use it to put together the intellectual property related issues. Of course, we need to figure out if there is any potential conflict and we need yep. to figure that out now within the proposal writing phase. Otherwise, well, well, in the consultative agreement phase, that's going to be a nightmare to, to solve any such conflict. It easily may happen that the conflict is so strong that you have to kick out one of the partners when the proposal is written to make sure that the result will be put together in a way that the collaboration is happening and then everyone will be happy with the exploitation options. Uh, yeah, I think we need to fold this out a little bit with the experience we have and what we tried because I tried it a couple. I've been having some difficult uh, session so to say uh, with different proposals so this is for, for people who have not done this so much or haven't been writing this section or been writing other sections and will be starting to write impact also this section doesn't look like much in the template it's a little corner like this you have to do IPR management section and so on the confidentiality of the results and so on. but well what happens is when you start to put that on the table in front of some partners Especially if it's a technology project and you have different t companies on board, then some sometimes you run into very tough meetings. <laughs> uh, very, very because the 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 private companies that are on board they 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 don't normally have the the dna of the european commission r&d project that <laughs> we share you know like that, that that we open source that uh, that 
that everything we, we deal with it and we make a license agreement. So they, they think this is mine. <laughs> this is the commission funding me getting a patent that I will earn money on. So concretely, I haven't thrown anybody out, but I have tried that people, when I reached out for partners, that they said, no, thank you. Uh, is that what you're dealing with? Is this what you want to do? No, thank you. Uh, because they're already dealing with the similar thing. Getting to the section itself, I have had partners that, that it was something they wanted to talk about first. Yeah, They wanted to carve out the IPR in between them before talking about anything else about the project. <laughs> but it's probably when you yeah. sign the NDAs on the Memorandum of Understandings, of course, yeah. Sometimes, but it's also I've been been having uh, I've been 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 uh, attaching direct competitors in a proposal, three of them in one proposal. It won. I probably it's probably running, so I can reveal it's a it's a high stream. It's about storage uh, hydrogen storage. Mm-hmm. And there you have Casale, Johnson and Matty, and Tusenkrupp, and we had that was a triangle of they were very kind, so that was not. That was not a, a a what do you say emotional or tough tough atmosphere. They were very kind to each other, which was very nice. But they were also very blunt or very direct in what they could accept and not accept. So we had long talks that I facilitated, put them together. Let's see if we can make ends meet. So that's that's an example where it went well. Have you got any examples where it crashed? Or where even the proposal crashed, because they started to 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 in a dark fight. Yes, we had we had that, and it was so inconvenient the the meeting itself that we were actually relieved when the coordinator was sending a message that this is not happening and we will not submit. Mm-hmm. So yes, it it's part of the process. I mean, if you cannot agree on these things, it's much better not to do the, the project at all. That's for sure. Yeah, because that's also, I think that's important to 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 understand as a proposal writer, uh, private or non-private consultant, that if you, well, one thing is that you might have to crash a full proposal. If you're that locked in the partners, there are some technologies where you, if you don't get that or that partner on board, then you can forget it. So to say, you have that those sectors that are so small where you have to say, well, that's it. Of course, but then they are running. They are running the show. Then you are not really having discussions because yeah. they are telling the conditions, and then you accept or not accept. And if you don't accept, then you don't change. The, don't join the proposal in the partnership. Uh, but otherwise, what you can sometimes do if it's a little bit more, if it's a technology area sector that are a, a, a bigger. And you might find alternative partners to cover that would agree to the way that things would go. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, as a, to, to, to get, to make these ends meet as a proposal coordinator, putting things together, that's, you really need your diplomacy genes to work there for you. Uh, and to see some way sometimes. So, no, so, for sure. Yeah. Social skills are very important. Yeah, yeah, social skills and suggesting uh, roots B or C in the concept. You know, like sometimes you need to sit and massage the concept a little bit, maybe with what they want to do. So, okay, that's acceptable to us. That that we can do like this. That we can do like this. I've even I've even had the commission <laughs> pre meetings with the commission, uh, huge uh, transport companies where they. The commission will say, yeah, you can do it like this. Uh, that's okay for us in relation to this call or uh, where there would be a translator from the commission, so to say that, yeah, it's... Um, no, it's true. Yeah. But also in, in many of the projects, we need to take into consideration that the technological companies have to also understand that they have to contribute to something that is a big good. And they sometimes forget it. And just, you know, trying to see their own, so to say, perspective. But then, in many cases, the other research organizations are right because 
they have a more kind of naive concept on what exactly this project should do and how much commitment they, they need to invest into really making an impact. And the technological company cannot come with a minimum commitment because that's just not working. Yeah, I think we shared what is important here. It's um, because there is a table. I can see from the proposal I did, I didn't put a table. I wrote it out. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there wasn't. No, in I in I no in IPR I don't use a table for the proposal section itself. I use the table to collect the info and then write it out. Ah, okay. That's also what I did here. Okay, let's. Um... The confidentiality of the DCE results, uh, is that something you... Oh, that's very short. I think we covered. Did we cover it? Did you mention it? I did not cover confidentiality, but with, with protection, of course, it, it is part of that. And normally confidentiality is not, not such a major issue, honestly, because the NDAs normally cover uh, that within the partners, of course, for the proposal writing process, and then the conversion agreement will cover it very well for the for the project implementation. So I don't I don't I don't have a lot of issues of course with that. It's much more the, the protection measure and afterwards the exploitation option. We are soon moving towards uh, we're slowly coming towards an end with this double double episode here. The summary table, how to fill it in. Actually we talked about it in part one. I think what I've put here in our rundown is that it's tricky to understand the different new types of concepts and discourses and what to put where but that's but we already talked is there anything because we actually talked about it in part one we did talk about it in part one maybe the only thing what i would mention here is there is a close correlation with the section 1.1 so how you how you understand innovation how you understand the ambition of the project how you go beyond and why is it good for anyone, so to say, that you go beyond a specific technology or even if it's a new concept on democracy and how you teach that? Uh, it could be also an innovative thing, of course. But there has to come out, of course, with, with a benefit to, to someone. And that part I normally do consider when I put together the impact canvas also. Yeah. I think what you can say about the summary table is that, unfortunately, that's that's something where you have to have the full overview of the full proposal, more or less. Yeah? It, is, it is a tricky thing yeah. indeed, yeah. Because you cannot make it without knowing what's in section one. The excellence chapter. For sure, it, yes. Because that, that, point, that points into 2.1, the first part of, of uh, the impact chapter that we have not talked about. Uh, and it also points into 2.2 so it's uh, it's like this you need to it's uh, i think it was uh, this is one of the reasons why i found it very difficult to sit with when i came so late into the writing process when i sat with it myself to to uh, it, that took me a while <laughs> uh, to to understand it um, and then the the different path pathways i will talk with another one about in the section in the episode on section 2.1 that they have introduced the commission that's that's also adds to the complexity of of filling in the table now anything else on the summary table? no i think we, we've covered all of the major points yeah. i have put here in the rundown the connection with the work package description. Yes. Who will do what exactly and why? <laughs> so for the so we have so I haven't had that episode yet. So for the for the on 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 invited listener, on enlightened listener, the impl- the implements section, that's the third section of the of the proposal where you carve out uh, the work package uh, you have the work package description, so description of each work package with tasks uh, objectives and specific tasks, concrete, how you're going to carry out the work to reach what you have described in section one <laughs> and section two. What are the actual actual activities and how are you going to carry that out and who is going to do it and, and when when are they going to do it and how long? Now, of course, you have to make a decision also if you want to have separate packages for dissemination communication and then another one for exploitation, we 
which yeah. nowadays it's not really recommendable because you don't have the space for that. Yeah. With the new proposal template, so if you put that together, then definitely you need to make sure that there is a good section also that you may allocate here, or you may allocate actually to the coordination management for a package, and that is innovation management, or within uh, the exploitation management and intellectual property rights management as well. So somehow make a decision where to put these things, of course. But if you have uh, dissemination, exploitation, communication per package all over, then of course the first tasks will be about putting together the strategy itself and making the visual identity, putting together the basic materials. And then normally what we do is to be or try to be much more specific what exactly we will do to, to actually really reach out to all of those target groups and try to convince them with specific activities, you know, how how exactly they should use the results. So there is a list on dissemination activities, joint and individual dissemination activities. There could be something much more general regarding communication and how you reach out to the public. And there, of course, there is something very specific again about exploitation. And you should be discussing here that not only you will put together a plan, <laughs> which is of course important, but it's not just that maybe at the end you will have a business plan, but if we talk about the technology and then specifically talk about plans within patent protection, within standardization options, within you know all of these things. So there has to be a good kind of a summary of the activities and of course then Depending on the individual and joint expedition routes, you will be having specific tasks for the different partners to do certain things in order to successfully exploit the result. And this is something that very much the Commission, with the help of the reviewers, they will be monitoring within the implementation and also that after, for one year after the end of the project, for sure. Yeah. What happens, What the reason why I, why I put put this point into this episode is that it's so <laughs> it's so important that you align or you write <laughs> your impact 2.2 section with what you write in the work package description of what you want to do and this is not i say this because i've seen it happen that people didn't <laughs> they 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 wrote something in the in the impact 2.2 and then it wasn't aligned with what they described. Because that's, again, a copy-paste of tasks that the partners normally just, just normally have, which is, again, not good, because also what is really important within the 2.2 and the dissemination of package is that you need to understand what's happening in the other packages. Normally, we are not writing the dissemination of package until we have a really good draft of the other packages. We need to understand who will be doing what, what kind of results they generate, what kind of maybe publications will be coming out of that. And this initial web package has the job to support the other web packages with outreach, with awareness raising, with engaging those who have to be engaged, with reaching out to those who have to be reached out to. Which is interesting because the commission also realized how important that support activity is. And within the reporting table, they are asking you if you have a specific communication on dissemination activity, you needed to link it to the web package that mm -hmm. that the dissemination activity is supporting. Yeah. So guys, um work package description. Don't take it from the former project. You can take some of it, the headline some like this, but please, you need you really uh, align it at this because this is thanks. Gabriel, this is uh, this is this is uh, this is the exact tips that you need to follow. Uh, we know both me and Gabriela that uh, Gabriela and me don't mention yourself first. <laughs> we know that when you're busy, when things roll, when 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 you slept three hours last night uh, for a week, <laughs> um, that sometimes you take a shortcut. Uh, but try. At least try to to uh, to avoid short corners with this part, for, because it, it, the evaluators see right through it. <laughs> they see right through it, and and you are it's it's such a waste for all the efforts in the rest of the proposal. With it's such a huge work, 
<laughs> it's so many hours that so many people fill into this and then if, if if because of shortcuts with this you might end up not getting the the funding is you know like it's just at least try <laughs> yeah. yes for sure it's, uh, uh, you know there's a world game where uh, when you have four proposals at the same time and and you just struggling to 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 make ends meet you probably made your own shortcuts uh, i know that i definitely did uh, because that's just psychology human psychology when you are under super pressure then you sometimes have how can i deal with that one while i'm in parallel having to deal with this one so oh, i have to do this and then i but it's um yeah that's a resource thing so we try to solve that with being two people how are you actually working as a team there how many people do you have uh, do you normally work in a group with each proposal? oh yes <laughs> definitely uh we have of course uh when we're working on a proposal we have of course the main writer then next to them there is one or two who are helping with all of the small details and the background research and then we have the communication manager who's helping with all of the other perspectives within 2.2 because it happens if you don't ask them, then we could easily, you know, a target of five million citizens we will reach out to. And then, you know, they, they get a heart attack and they see the number actually that they have to <laughs> they have to reach. Mm-hmm. But um, no, there there's there's definitely an importance in, in different perspectives and a lot of discussions, also internally and also with the partners. It happened to me that I had a coordinator who was basically not sleeping at all before the, the yeah, day of yeah. the deadline. And then I read the final version of the proposal around 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. or something like that. And she was kind of saying goodbye to everyone. Now she's going to sleep. But I still wrote an email. I still said that I think still this this one, two sentences that I'd like to include would, would still make a difference. And I don't know how she did it, but Yes, she she reopened, she put those sentences there, and then she resubmitted, and then she was saying goodbye to everyone. She went to sleep. Cursing, cursing you as she went to sleep. Probably, I'm not sure what exactly she was thinking in the middle, but the proposal won, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a major thing for for us as well. So I was really happy that, that she she did listen, even no matter how she how, how tired she was. You know what? I am thinking about having a segment of, of, of concept under the uh, the podcast where I follow a project. Right from the yeah. beginning till the having, end. Yeah, yeah. Just just having every every three or every four months uh, an episode following a project that is uh, rolling out to give an idea of what's going on, how it is to implement the project. Uh, give people a, a view into that so you can consider uh, if you if there's one specific that you would say oh that would be nice to to uh, to the, do that with you can think about it hmm. okay yeah. yeah um and what i also thought about now when i address the resource issue i have got this uh segment called consultants corner mm. uh where i want to make episodes with consultancy companies uh, representatives with different issues for that is specific for the for grants consultants yeah we 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 are a specific breed <laughs> i'm not <laughs> there anymore but i've been i've been working enough there to be able to say that i i, I have part of the breeder breed in my blog so i would like to have uh, some put shed light on something because it's a it's a sector that is very much in the shadows nobody actually knows except for the ones working there yeah, uh, it's uh, very we we know a lot in between us how it is and what it is like in that sector but um it's it's uh, it's something where i think there's a lot of knowledge uh, sharing that could be done that would be nice to have um especially you know for us that have been in it for many years it's not so bad but for juniors uh, people that come in the young ones that come in uh, in the mid end 20s and start to work with this it's they could definitely a lot of value to 
to understand a little bit how to how you how the work is and what i was thinking now is that it would be very nice to have a resource an episode on resource how to deal how you how different consultants deal with the resource issue on 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 working on each project how how they deal with the work pressure of because most business models entail that you have several you work with several proposals at the same time so uh, have uh, maybe an exchange a panel i could imagine having two or three consultants on, on board for such an episode where we have a talk about how each is dealing personally with the pressure <laughs> and uh, dealing with the resources how you work with it how you try to cope with the, with the with the work pressure that is when you have to deal with several proposals at the same time it's a thought uh, it's it's something that lies close to my heart because i can see that it's something that uh, put a lot of pressure it's one of the reasons why i left the sector mm. no i mean it's too simple to me. in the traditional sense we don't do that because uh, i'm not allowing anyone within the company to consult different proposals at the same time for a good reason we are also not really mm. traditional consultants from that perspective but we normally don't write the proposals for the others. We get advice, we do pre-evaluation a lot, and we normally allocate a maximum of 20 hours for the client in a month throughout the okay. process. And that's for this reason exactly, because they are not able to do them, this thing properly and in a good quality. If they do it for different clients or if they do it uh, in a lot more intensive way, so to say. No. I will get back to you and the advisory board group. Yeah. I have a handful of consultants there. Yeah. Let's wind it up. The grand. Toughest challenge in the writing part? It's the partners and getting, getting, getting them on board. It's, information. Yes. Uh, information. I think... For me, that, uh, getting the information from the partners and I would say the new template, understanding it, grab, you know, getting, getting the full, the template, the summary, hola, <laughs> that, that was, a tr that was tricky. <laughs> that was very tricky. Uh, uh, I would say that, That's, but we already dug deep into why and so on. So, but yeah, I would say that. I think we should end up. Uh, Gabriel, thank you so, so much for this marathon uh, two-part episode. We took it in one go. You guys out there, you get it split up in two. It's been great pleasure to have you in for the first time here. Thank you. Part of my advisory board. Still, yeah, so happy to have you all on board. It's a... It's a, a so honored that people they have accepted this now thanks for all you guys out there thanks for listening to the end i uh, sincerely hope that 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 these uh, episodes they help you they give you some critical mass and better understanding of how to understand the what the commission wants and give you some takes on how to attack the writing process and so on also how it is to sit with things and write it and the psychology and so on Thanks for this. Um, I hope you like this initiative and uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to The Grant, the EU funding.